BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. This is the Bethany Vikings Podcast, hosted by Brock Aker. Welcome back to another edition of the Bethany Vikings Podcast. I am Brock Aker. We're supposed to have an episode out on the 23rd and talk about the Arizona trip for softball and baseball, but with the virus and the the school closing down, we had to resort to different options. I think Zoom will be the best answer as you'll be able to watch this episode afterwards on YouTube, or you can just listen to it on all the streaming platforms it's on, like Anchor, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And it's easy for our guests, too, to be involved on Zoom. I think it's pretty cool you can just say, hey, Alexa, play Bethany Vikings podcast, or hey, Google, play Bethany Vikings podcast, and it'll come on. But for this podcast, I'll be joined by Bethany Athletics Director, Don Westfall, who inform us on what is going on in the NCAA world, as well as the Bethany Athletics. There's a lot of information and interesting turns this virus has caused. We'll close on a positive note in the interview, talking about the success Bethany has had lately in athletics. So with that, let's get to the interview with Athletic Director Don Westfall. Hello, we have Bethany Athletic Director Don Westfault with us today. We'll be talking about the virus and how it's affecting the NCAA and Bethany Athletics. And then we'll also talk about how Bethany, on a good note, has been so dominant this year and a couple, these last couple of years. So how are you doing today, Mr. Westfall, and how's your family doing? I'm doing well. Brock, you're so formal. We can just go with that, Don, if you want, uh, Mr. Ecker. Um, I'm doing fine, uh, sitting in the Sports and Fitness Center, a uh, pretty lonely place right now. Anybody who works in education, the summers are bad enough, but to have something forced upon us like this is is really uh, unfortunate. Um, you know, it's become so dominant. I would love to talk about anything but the COVID-19 situation, but, uh, you know, it, it it's a point in history right now. I was talking to one of our athletes the other day because I'm kind of in the process right now of conducting some of the uh, postseason interviews that we do after uh, every season gets done. And, uh, you know, I certainly remember 9-11. Outside of that, nothing really in my 50-plus years, you know, has had the level of impact this has. Uh, you know, I remember hearing stories from my parents and grandparents, certainly anytime our country's involved with a, a war conflict like Vietnam and Korea and everything associated with that, uh, you know, uh, it tends to have its own chapter in the history book. My grandparents can take me back uh, to, to World War II and things like you hear about topics like rationing and you really hear about how country, the country became more united and rallied behind one another to really overcome a crisis of that magnitude. And I certainly get a sense of that right now. As difficult as this is, you know, there is this sense in our country right now, people coming together, certainly here in the state of Minnesota, making decisions that while they're not necessarily popular, um, we all know deep down that the sooner that we can kind of get our hands around this situation, start to control it, I think everyone's going to start to feel a whole lot better once we kind of know when the end will be right now, that's been such a moving target. It's been an interesting, you know, three weeks because administratively here at Bethany, whether it's the presidential administrative cabinet or even decisions we've had to make at the UMAC level or even within our own department, it, it, there is a, such a period of time there. Every time we made a decision, literally hours later, something else would come out through the media 
and change the scenario uh, and kind of the pieces of the puzzle we were playing with. So I think now we're to a point where we've kind of caught our breath with that and we're just all hoping and praying that the measures that have been taken uh, through the guidance of our government and some of the medical officials, we hope they really start to take hold and we can start to see the end of this and then you can start to you know, target dates down the road in the future when you can start to make plans, seeing the end of this. And I think that will really bring a sense of relief because everyone has been affected by this. You, you think about the grade school kids uh, and the fact that, especially at a grade school, kindergarten, even preschool, and how interactive they are with their classmates and friends and how mm -hmm. that will carry through an educational setting. We see it here at Bethany, not having that around. Uh, you know, these are definitely challenging times and we just trust in and know that through prayer, uh, God will, will see us through this time like he has in all the other points of history. It's just living through this right now, not a lot of fun. Yeah, you talked about how you haven't seen anything like it. With going back to the wars, that was the last time the Olympics hasn't happened was World War II. And it's kind of hard that we, all of us, like you said, it's affecting everyone. And we want answers, but there really isn't much answers out there yet. Yeah, especially in a collegiate setting. Now, of course, there have been times in the Olympics. I remember back in the 80s uh, when, you know, the Cold War got really heated. So relations between the United States and the Soviet Union at that time were such that each of those countries boycotted the Olympics. And so they didn't send official uh, Olympic teams to Olympics. I think if I remember back, there was like 1980 and, and 84. But that was more just because of the political climate. This is, is, is a much different situation. And especially at a collegiate level, in, you know, as students, they kind of look upon administrators and professors for some level of guidance and answers. And we're certainly doing the best we can in lots of discussions. I sat in on the faculty meeting the other day. And again, I've been in on a number of administrative meetings. And I think everyone really has a keen sense that, especially here at Bethany, and I think this can be said for all higher educational institutions, it's all about the student and the student experiences. The thing that makes this really difficult, again, like 9-11, that was a, a date and time. And once that day got passed, as difficult as that was, you could see all of a sudden pretty quickly, everybody start to gather and unite. And, and once we were beyond the initial crisis of that day, you know, things started to move forward and it was rather slow to begin with, but, but it started moving forward. Right now, there's no precedent for anything like this. Just the amount of time that this has lingered and the fact that when you're in a, in a war, you, you kind of know who the enemy is, right or wrong, and it's easier to kind of focus in on that cause. Here, the entire global, everybody in the world is trying to deal with this, again, a moving target and trying to get their hands around this virus. Um, I wish we had some definitive answers. We're setting precedent right now. Um, but yeah. as far as knowing precise answers, you might even ask me a question or two that I might have an answer to yet. Uh, things even athletically in the world of the NCAA. Uh, I know that I have another meeting next week where we'll be receiving updates about what's going on specifically at the Division Three level. And, and people need to understand that in the NCAA, it is a, it's a rather large entity and organization. It's like most driven by the dollar. And in the NCAA, a lot of the money that is derived comes from an event that we should all be enjoying right now, and that would be the Final Four. The amount of exactly, advertising yeah. dollars that are generated off of that is truly billions. And that money, at some point, filters down to the Division Three and here to Bethany. You know, they're, 
the idea of our teams and going to national tournaments and some of the programs, some of the grants, um, you know, that are sponsored through the NCAA, the educational experiences, whether it comes directly from the NCAA, some of it might get allocated through our UMAC, and I know our students have been involved with a lot of uh, thing, programs in the UMAC that they've enjoyed as well over the years. All that money, not, I shouldn't say all of it, but to a large degree, it's derived at the national level through the NCAA, the Division One tournaments. The football uh, you know, tournament has something to do with that as well, but because that is still kind of a process and works, I don't, I don't know all the final answers about from a strictly dollars and cents, the business standpoint, what this will mean for the NCAA. I, I think this, I think it's safe to say the NCAA landscape, the business end of the NCAA as we knew it is probably not going to be in existence for a very, very long time, if ever. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, as far as idea of sports marketing and budgeting. The NCAA, when I went to the convention this year, there was a lot of talk about at the Division I level. Uh, and that changed the landscape for all the athletes utilizing their image, you know, the idea of marketing mm -hmm. themselves through their collegiate athletic association and a much bigger deal at the Division I level. But even we talked about it at Division Three, depending on the, the uh, I guess, success of the program, the notoriety, maybe not nationally, but even for some Division Three programs regionally and locally, you know, there might have been an effect there. Nobody's talking about that right now. They're all talking about what this is going to do. We got numbers last week to give you uh, a perspective. The NCAA, the national budget for a year, and again, the NCAA is the largest of the three divisions. The annual budget that we were involved with this year was $33 million. Oh, wow. That budget, because of changes in the loss of revenue with the advertising of the basketball tournament, the NCAA you know, Final Four and things, March Madness, that went from $33 million down to $10.7 million. And they'd already spent more than $10.7 million just on the program in this year through the fall and winter seasons. And how does that help us out? Athletes at Bethany, our men's and women's basketball team, their appearances in the national tournament, those are all covered through the NCAA as far as transportation, meals, some of the lodging costs. That stuff gets funded at a national level. So there is how those you wonder what goes on with March Madness and how does it filter down to Bethany Lutheran College in Mankato, Minnesota. That is a direct example of how it's done. And again, that doesn't speak to all of the educational programming and other things that they will filter either at a national level or locally. I know we had two of our student athletes this year were selected to go out to Los Angeles for a leadership program. And unfortunately, one of the first things that was withdrawn when all of this started to hit uh, you know, we had to inform both of those students that that, that program has been cut for this year. So it, uh, the, the effects, it's going to take a long time for all this stuff to filter out. And again, I, I wish I had answers, but I, I just don't know what, in the end, what it's going to do to change. I, will we continue to have NCAA, you know, tournaments and things like that? Yeah. Uh, but as far as how they're structured, number of teams, the amount of money that's covered by the NCAA, and what might not be covered so that institutionally the schools are going to have to pick up. Those are some of the questions that are going to keep us busy for many, many months moving forward. Yeah. You're actually answering a lot of the questions I haven't even asked because you just read. I, 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 tend to, I tend to do that. That's why sometimes media people like to get me on because I'm one of those guys. If you give a question or two, I'm pretty much going to fill the required time you need. So. Oh, that's good. That's good. You're talking about how D one effects trickles down to D three. Well, yesterday, it came out that Division One is given an extra year out to their spring athletes. Is that something D three might do as well? 
actually Division Three has ruled on that and has allowed that. So that's something uh, here at Bethany, uh, our baseball coach, Ryan Craig, who is actually also the associate or the assistant athletic director at Bethany, he heads up all of our compliance efforts and he was on a uh, Zoom, I guess, podcast webinar last week to get some of the official word of that in. The unique challenge we have here at uh, at Bethany and in the UMAC, actually it's something that I was, I'm dealing with today and something I'm still, we haven't come to resolution yet, although I, I feel pretty good about where we're going to go. Uh, as you mentioned, Division One athletes will have one extra year and really what it's going to turn out to be the easiest way to think of it, it's going to be like a redshirt year. So anybody that would have played a spring sport that was on the roster, even though they might have had a few dates of competition in, like our uh, baseball softball teams were in Arizona and got a few yeah. games in, in essence, they didn't play this year. So the NCAA is going to give them a waiver for their year of competition. And also the uh, semester that was used, not only do you have so many years of eligibility, but you also have uh, a cap as far as the number of semesters that you can complete that eligibility in. NCAA waived that as well. The unique thing is here in the UMAC, uh, for us, golf is a fall sport, but at the NCAA level and their national tournament is done in the spring. So now the question is, Will golfers within our conference be given an extra year of eligibility? Uh, and really, again, in golf for us, we go all the way up through the, the conference tournament. So in the fall, even though the national tournament is held in the spring, the team that represents the UMAC, that's determined during at the kind of the culmination of the fall season. So now the question is, as a fall sport, even though nationally it's a spring sport, are those golfers – uh, some schools, you know, play a number of matches as far as tennis goes, but tennis is a little bit different than UMAC because their postseason tournament every year is always in the spring. The question is, do we allow the golfers to come back in the fall and have, uh, you know, that extra year of eligibility? And so that's something right now that uh, as an athletic director, I uh, then have the vote to represent what Bethany's position will be on that. And so that's kind of getting vetted as we speak through the conference offices, through from the commissioner, and you know, hopefully rather soon we'll have a decision on that one. But it's another one of those, I think people are, people ask me all the time, well, what does an athletic director do? And obviously the fun stuff is to hang out with students and mm-hmm. go to games. And, and watch, your, watch your college yeah, win conference tournaments. <laughs> drop banners, you know, that's yeah. the big thing. Everybody, that day a few weeks ago when both the men's and, and women's team won the tournament, that is a day that's going to be talked about here for a long, long, that's the fun stuff. Uh, years of eligibility and how to deal with budget shortcomings and stuff like that. That's predominantly kind of, it, the scenario is obviously much more dynamic right now because of the COVID situation, but that's a lot of the stuff that, that I get involved with. I also am the vice chair of our uh, UMAC this year. And so I get even a little bit more involved uh, with some of the administrative things. But again, just one example of how this COVID thing has really changed the landscape of, of collegiate sports. Yeah. So for the NCAA tournament, that's interesting. You're talking about how they're losing money and then next year they're giving their year back. So they're going to have more scholarships. So is that going to take more money away from the NCAA as well? Well, it wouldn't take more money away from the NCAA. It's going to take more money by the, 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 the school the institutions themselves. And now oh, okay. here becomes the tricky thing. You're going to maybe retain. And again, I, you know, every student, especially at a division three level where the predominantly most athletes aren't going to go on to a professional career. There is, my job is simply to convey information and coach Craig, we don't make decisions in that regard. 
I think every athlete is going to have to sit there and make a determination for themselves, hopefully with the guidance uh, and input of their parents. You know, the amount of money, the extra year in school, um, extra loan debt you might go in, the, the opportunity cost of losing money that you, if you graduate and get a degree, you should be out there making money and be able to, you know, put that uh, toward, you know, savings and houses and mortgages and that kind of stuff. Well, if you're in school that year, you're not working, you're losing out on that money as well. I also get it from the flip side of the perspective. You're only going to be this age in life once to be a collegiate athlete and have what happened this year taken away by no one's fault. It's just uh, something tragically that happened, you know, to have that be given the opportunity to relive that. I think if you would talk to a lot of college athletes with no conditions put on the decision whatsoever, if they could go back and relive even maybe one more week or a day of being a collegiate athlete, when you get to my age in life, would you do it? Um, yeah, the easy answer is sure you would. But again, there's a lot of financial things that go into that and delaying, you know, the, the, the business career that you might be on. That's, that's a tough one. Everyone's going to have to do what they feel is best for them, uh, you know, in, the, in that regard. But back to your question, the trick becomes is for the schools that have been awarding scholarships. Now there's also not only scholarship limits that the NCAA imposes on each school, but there's also roster limits. So you're out there recruiting a class right now of high oh, yeah. school seniors, but yet you're also potentially bringing back a number of athletes who are going to be given that extra year. So do the roster sizes need to increase? Do then the postseason roster sizes need to increase? Does the cap of the scholarship money need to increase? And how is that those scholarship dollars allocated? All the NCAA has determined at this time is they're going to give athletes the extra year of competition. But how that all filters out, they're, they're working through that right now in Indianapolis. Yeah, that's just crazy how one decision affects so many. And one solution to one problem opens up another problem. This keeps carrying over. Yeah. Down uh, the road, if anybody's looking at a career in athletic administration, uh, what we're doing <laughs> right now, we're writing, the, we're writing the history books. and It's probably going to need more than one chapter about all this kind of stuff. Yeah, okay, the last question on this stuff. I know this, you might not have an answer. This might be one of the questions, but the NBA and NFL, they're talking about if they're going to get games and they might have to move to a couple different states at a neutral site. Is D3 sports like Bethany, is it either we're going to be playing in our gym or our conference gyms or we're not going to play? Or is there a chance they might go towards a neutral site in the fall, let's say? There has been no determination, no discussion on any. I think that's one of those things because the target continues to move. And once we have that end date, when we hear some news maybe coming out of Washington, D.C., and through all the medical advisors and then here at the local level through state government, once we kind of know when things are going to get, quote, unquote, back to normal, when transportation and travel would be allowed to do that, I think that's going to have a lot to say in the determination of once we get to the fall and the new academic year how things will transpire in the NCAA. I know here at Bethany, uh, and again, I haven't caught, you know, I know that there's speculation going on in the media. And part of that is because right now the media doesn't have a whole lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with speculation because it starts to create innuendos and rumors of stuff that just isn't there. Uh, I'm in a business. I can't do that. I actually have to, to deal directly with fact. And I can assure everyone that there, I have received no correspondence officially at any level that says anything but full speed ahead for the fall. Um, that's what I thought when I got on a plane a few weeks ago and went down to Arizona. We all thought we were on the, you know, we'd had such a great fall. And then the winter got better here at Bethany. 
-hmm. And I'm selfish. And I tell the teams every year, you've heard me mention this before. I love dropping banners. And so we knew we were going to have some more banners in the gym based on what we had accomplished in the fall. Track and field, you know, Jake Marzinski and Keegan Ritz, those guys had tremendous indoor seasons this year. And so we, one of my biggest issues is like, we're going to start to run out of room pretty quick in the gym. We're getting too many banners. That's a great thing to have. I can deal mm -hmm. with that. And we had nothing but high expectations for our spring seasons as well. Baseball, softball, the tennis, you throw in the outdoor track and field. When I got on the plane, that's what I thought the biggest issue uh, was going to be. And the Wednesday night when the NBA, when the Jazz announced that they – had a player at that time it was only one player test positive. I was at the baseball games in Arizona talking to a bunch of parents and they had heard wind and obviously everybody, the momentum of this was picking up. And then we heard literally within an hour, Tom Hanks and his wife have it done. I looked at some parents and I basically said the dominoes have started to fall. I didn't realize it was going to happen as rapidly as we did. I was on the phone the next day for close to five hours with conference calls back here to Bethany and at the UMAC level. So I think, the idea of even speculating what the fall might look. I don't know. I'm sitting in the sports and fitness center right now. We just put the new men's basketball three point line down for games here next year. And we have to have the gym floor ready to go because the volleyball players are coming back in August and they're going to get set to make another run into postseason playing the UMAC. And literally that's all I'm planning on right now. So I will, if I hear something definitive, then I'll start to circle the wagons and we'll start to react to that. But boy, I, I, it's, it's going to be a very unique month of April coming up here. We're taping this here on the last day of March, and we all know what's been said uh, locally for the next few weeks uh, you know, as far as traveling and things like that. I, I, I really hope that by the time we get uh, into the summer and to the August and we're ready to welcome students back here to Bethany, um, we're ready for those preseason meetings and getting going with athletic competition. If medical situation tells us something different we'll worry about it at that time we'll make the right steps and do what we can to try to bring things back as normal as quickly as we can here at Bethany yeah let's hope the second half of 2020 is a lot better than the first half so Indeed. you kind of talked about it leading into the Bethany's success you talked about that crazy week we had basketball in Nebraska that one weekend and then the men's and then the women were in the regional against Bethel and the men were in Arizona and you were calling the games for Minnesota State. Can you explain a little more how has there been that hectic of a week for good? It's good hectic, but how busy Bethany Athletics was that week? That was a pretty busy time. Uh, I actually, that's the kind of stuff, if you talk to people that know me and family members, I thrive on that kind of stuff. The, I, this has been the idea of, you know, I, thankfully I'm able to come to work. And again, we've been doing social distancing for the most part right now, other than, uh, you know, a few coaches that filter in. Uh, and then Katie Jo Coons, the sports information director, we've seen her, but she's actually working from home today. Um, this is starting to be a, a bit of a straw. I'm the first to admit it. I go home at night and I'm used to going, by this time of year, we'd already have had, especially with the spring we've had this year in Mankato, we'd have easily been able to host softball and baseball games uh, already this year. So I'd have had probably games two, three nights a week, including the weekend. So this, this is a little bit different. That was, that weekend was a blast. Um, my job, yeah, I support this stuff and get the events ready. And 
I think at times probably people look at me at an athletic event and they see me pretty stern. And obviously I'm an event manager there and I can't show any favoritism. So I have to take on a different role, but internally I'm loving it. And I'm dying with every shot for the basketball games here. Uh, you know, especially the, the Wednesday night uh, was, was really a lot of fun to have games like that and, and big wins by both teams to get ready then for Saturday, both teams uh, needing to come back in the second half to get those wins and those championships was great. And then you throw in hockey with that. So I get a chance to work with all the Bethany students down at the broadcast. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of excitement around the, the hockey team in Mankato this year. It, it, everyone loves to be associated with the winner. And, and basically anywhere I was going for those days, I was associated with winning teams, winning programs. So that, that was a lot of fun. And then to see it all swept away, it was pretty difficult. And, and again, I know that every team out there has a lot of high hopes for the, the season, but coming off last year when the men's, you know, when the baseball team won a back, you know, its second title and ended up going to the NCAAs and softball did everything but win the UMAC championship. We were able to host that tournament last year after a regular season championship and both teams were favored in the conference. We, you know, we finished fourth in the cruise award, which is uh, kind of a, an all sports uh, designation that goes around in the UMAC. Fourth is one of the better finishes we've ever had. I really think we had a legitimate shot to be top three based on what our teams were going to do based even on the, uh, you know, the tennis and the, the track and field teams as well, bringing some points in, in that whole statistic. Um, boy, we easily could have been top three. So to have that swept away by no means am, is what I'm going through anywhere near as difficult as what our student athletes are experiencing. And just the students at general at Bethany, I think it speaks so highly of our student body, our administration, and, and certainly our faculty and staff to really very quickly take what is predominantly a, a residential experience here at Bethany and to convert it to an online and try to keep it going. I think so many people need to be deserve, deserve credit in that. And again, for the students who are continuing to, to probably to some degree make that transition, I, we all at Bethany continue to, to work toward the end that we can give you the best, most interactive experience that we can. Um, but yeah, for me to, to go from a week like that and then to quickly see things just kind of fall apart, that was a lot of fun. So I'll get through it. Our coaches will get through it. We're all very busy right now. I'm doing my role. The coaches, uh, you know, life will move on. We'll bring teams back to Bethany. That means they're in the midst of recruiting right now. But they're recruiting in a very unique landscape because they can't have yeah. – uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one visits with students. They can't visit them in homes or their schools. Students can't come here right now and make visits to us. We should be in the midst right now of registering all of the new students for next fall, and we're having to do that online. So, um, you know, a lot of people are, are stepping up and making the best out of a really difficult situation and doing the best. best they, it's, that's human nature. That's human resiliency. And so if, if my schedule gets skirted a little bit, and that means I go home at night and don't have another game to go watch. Uh, I'll deal with that as best as I can. I'm doing just fine. I know a lot of people out there as well. I happen to live with a nurse. My wife is a registered nurse here in town. And I know the stuff she's dealing with, the rest of the medical community, my daughter, uh, nurse in training. Those people are dealing with things on a much higher degree of difficulty than anything I'm dealing with. So, Yeah, to go back to that week where uh... – Bethany was playing in Bethel and Nebraska Wesleyan. I, I'm with you at the hockey game. I don't usually like going on my phone because you're not supposed to do that, but it was crazy. In between Good answer. Periods, That's right. Yep. In between periods, I'm checking the score, and the women are down by like 12, and then the next period they're up by three, and then it's close. It was just a 
lot of emotion and it's fun. I, I was, no offense, I was doing the same thing. I have to resort to doing it during a timeout that we take for commercial breaks. So I kind of had the same thing. I was looking down and we're down by 12, but we're still in the game. And then because of a, a rather long period of time that the, the game, hockey game was going, I couldn't look back down. And by the time I looked, we were up like two or three points with less than 20 seconds. And to be honest with you, obviously I was really inside ecstatic, stuff like that. But I, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't, I wasn't stunned or shocked because I've seen our team play. I know the talent we have and the depth we have. And I also know that, like many of our other coaches, Coach Lyle Jones is a pretty good coach. And uh, the changes he can make during a game and his game preparation and him and his staff, uh, we've seen Coach Fletcher do it before. We've seen a lot of our coaches do that here at Bethany. We're blessed with a really talented group uh, of coaches guiding these programs. And so um, – that was, a, that was a pretty fun moment to look at that phone and just probably like a lot of other people, it's like, can this 20-plus seconds, can this get over any sooner? And thankfully, uh, the right team won that night, and, and we have another story of success to talk about. That one's going to get talked about for years, just like the men's win against St. John a couple years ago. Those are, those are big wins for our school. Those are big wins for our conference. So I'm just curious because the D3 regional, obviously, we played in, that tournament didn't finish, did it? For Actually, the, the women's tournament, the, that, that pod, you're not necessarily in regionals at that time, but that pod of the four games, because the next night, there were only four teams at Bethel that weekend. We knocked them out the first night, and then the next night, unfortunately, uh, we got uh, knocked out of the tournament by Oshkosh. So they got that game in, but then at that point, so basically Division three, they got down to their version of the Sweet 16, and then that's when things had to disband. So they – no winner. It's just those 16 teams. That's how it'll go down the history books or. Yeah. It'll be basically no title awarded that year. That, that's, that's tough. That's how it's going to go down. Dang. And, so, and unlike some of the other sports, there's no virtual winner. They haven't put them in, in at least that I've seen that they, uh, nobody kind of sitting there looking for some time and copy uh, interest to fill hasn't gotten together. Let's take these 16 division three teams and put them in a, in a tournament. They haven't felt it. I know that right now there's some other things at the division one level that are doing that and trying to kind of, uh, you know, through mock games, see what would happen. But now at the division three level, there just won't be any title awarded this year. Okay. Well, let's go to our facilities since you're overseeing all of that stuff too. We had a new soccer field, uh, the turf and all that this past fall, we've played our first game. You talk about baseball, they have the Frank, which is nice, all the turf field. Can you explain how, yes, the virus can affect it, but we're ready to play games because of the turf if it's weather and how great of our facilities that we're ready for any weather Minnesota throws at us? Well, again, this year I don't think we would have needed even the softball team, um, you know, could have come back and probably gone right onto their field because I think at that time all the snow was gone when I got back from Arizona and most of the frost had probably left the ground. But our plan, even with the, uh, the softball program, is if need be, if conditions dictate, we can actually put a softball field on the turf soccer field. And so our, oh, really? they would have been outside playing no matter what right when they got back. And if we would have had to take some of the fencing, uh, the, some of the fencing that was purchased this year – over at Minnesota State Mankato for the uh, bubble that they built over there. And that's what allowed us to play about 10, 12 games before our team even went to Arizona. Bethany uh, was one of the entities that got involved purchasing that. So we would have been able to get that fencing, bring it over to the soccer uh, field on turf and played games right away. Um, so oh, facilities-wise, we've actually, you know, from where we were a few years ago to what – 
what we have now in our conference, we're one of the few schools that has two full gymnasiums. And so that's a, a bit of a unique thing there. Uh, you know, our basketball teams and volleyball don't practice on it, but it opens up some possibilities, you know, for the track and field teams and for uh, tennis teams. And even at times, I guess, uh, some of the junior varsities will go in there and utilize it maybe for part of a practice as well. So I think from a standpoint of facilities, where we're positioned our conference, we, we, I, you know, we've worked very hard and diligently. Uh, and, and again, facilities at Bethany, you know, certainly our intercollegiate teams benefit from them, but our entire student body benefits from them as well. And the space that's allocated from them, whether it's intramurals, whether it is, uh, you know, some of the academic classes that go on. Uh, we think we're in a good spot. We, we'd like to be a little bit better. Uh, we think actually a lot of it better with the new plans for the wellness center. Um, you know, that would even, that would put us in a position really easily. I mean, again, I might be biased on this. I think easily we'd be the top in our conference in terms of the facilities that we would need to support our, our, our athletic teams and the student body as well. But uh, again, that's another wrench that's kind of thrown into this whole mix here right now. And with the inability of individuals on campus to go out and meet with people and entities that might be interested in helping to support that type of a facility, you can't have those types of visits go on right now. So uh, that's another dynamic that we're still working through here on the college level is how to keep things moving forward in that program when the COVID situation has put a, a little bit of a wrinkle into everything. What would that, that wellness center look like? Is that like the field house we're talking about? Is that going to be yeah, right the, next to us? The plans for that would be is the, it's, I guess, the field house component of it. And so that has the, uh, you know, indoor track to it. And then inside the track, we actually are putting artificial turf. A lot of times when you see facilities like that, they choose to go more with like the Mondo or the rubberized surface inside a track. We don't need more court space here. In fact, this will give us even more court space for student use uh, for the intramurals that could start at an earlier time because then all the teams that utilize that for practice, the baseball, the softball, soccer teams, they then would have their own home where they could go and actually practice on turf and give them a much more realistic impression of what it would be like to play on that service. But then the wellness component of that also includes uh, a new weight room area, new fitness area as well. Uh, you know, there's room for a classroom in there. So there's a lot of components that at this time in that facility, again, really enhance everything that we can offer the entire student body here at Bethany. And that, uh, you know, we'll see where things can go and when we can start to create more momentum. We've had some really great interest early on from that. But uh, again, the, the fact that, that our, the people involved uh, as far as going out and meeting with entities to look at financial support for the program, those visits can't go on right now. That's one of those things that gets shut down. And uh, so when time allows, we'll, we'll re-engage with that program and, and see if we can keep that moving forward. Well, that's all I have for you today, Mr. West or Don. Yep. Well, thank you for taking your time and insight in Bethany, parents, fans, and what's going on in this tough time. I appreciate your time and your efforts through this uh, the entire year. Uh, I know we've had some good feedback on the work that you've been doing as well. And, and again, we just have to hope and pray that uh, God's guidance will get us through all of this. And getting back to some level of what normal is looks pretty refreshing right now. And I know that's the goal all, we're all working toward. Thanks. Stay safe, Don. Thank you. You too. All right. My three takeaways with this interview was the money from the NCAA 
Don was talking about how $33 million come from that NCAA tournament. And now it's down to 10 because there was no tournament and other spring athletics. So I'll be interested to see how that affects the NCAA athletics in the fall, the winter and the spring going forth and the years to come. Also the extra year was very interesting that the D1 got the extra year for their spring athletes. They get to come back next year, have the option. I was interested to see if D3 had that as well. And Don confirmed that, that spring athletes will be having the option to come back for the spring and their sport. And even golf who plays in the fall might have a chance to come back since the tournament he was saying was in the spring. So that's very interesting on that end. And I'm glad that D3 is just like D1 and they have that extra year option. And my final thought was the sex and sports Don was talking about. The men won the UMAC tournament this year for the second time in the last three years. They beat Scholastica. The women won back-to-back UMAC championships. And they won their first game against Bethel, the number six team in the country. And Bethany Baseball has won back-to-back championships, and they're on their quest for a three-peat. But they'll have to wait till 2021. And softball was heating up as well as they won the UMAC regular season championship a year ago. So it was a very exciting time at Bethany here. So, yes, there's a little delay, but there'll still be some banners dropping this upcoming winter. So with that, school and you're in quarantine, work, you might be not working the same hours that you have in the past. What is there to do? I hope everyone still can be productive and find something to keep them busy during this tough time. I think it's a good time to interact with family and maybe even read some books, maybe even the Bible. I just started the Gospel of Matthew, and in tough times, I always feel comfortable going to Scripture and finding comfort in my Savior. I understand we need entertainment as well. I'll be back each and every week for the rest of the semester, so I'd like you to tweet at Brock Aker underscore nine on Twitter or at BLC Vikings Athletics page for some good reads or some shows and movies to watch or comment on the Bethany Athletics Facebook page to give ideas to other people throughout the community. So in this time, we can find things to do and things to watch. Me personally, I'm a big Survivor guy. The Survivor TV shows on CBS every Wednesday night and at 7 p.m. It's the 40th season, which is a special one as all 20 contestants are past winners. So it's been a highly competitive season so far and I expect that to continue. For sports, obviously, all the major sports are suspended right now. But there still will be the draft later in April. But this week on Thursday night, there'll be a rerun of Brett Favre as a Viking going back to Lambeau Field for the first time against the Packers. That will be on at 6 p.m. on NBC Network this Thursday, April 2nd. So check that out, all you Viking and Packer fans. I can't believe that's been 10 years already since Favre played with the Vikings. That just seems like a couple years ago. Crazy how time flies. We'll come back each and every week, the rest of the semester. Also comment any sports topics you'd like me to talk about at BLC Athletics again on Twitter or at BrockAker underscore nine or comment on Facebook at the BLC Athletic page. And we'll try to do a little segment over it. Next week, I'll try to get the director of the nursing program, Sarah Taylor at Bethany, to come on the show and talk about the coronavirus and get her input as there's a lot of fake news out there. We'll get her take and see what's up with that. And then after that, I hope I don't have to say that word COVID-19 and coronavirus again. 
because then I'll be joined by different Bethany athletes and coaches, and we'll try to talk about their sport at Bethany here and professional sports. I'm a big NFL draft guy, which is coming up in about three weeks. But that's all I have for this episode of the Bethany Vikings podcast. Everyone, please keep social distancing and stay safe and healthy. I am Brock Yaker. God bless.